Payments is an industry that has an incredibly wide moat. Throughout my career, I've, I've evolved with payments technology. The world of financial services are you know, changing quite quickly. I always knew I was going to start my own company. Welcome to InCheck with FinTech. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of InCheck with FinTech organized by PCN. On this show, we interview people from the FinTech space to talk about the most exciting companies, hot topics, and the latest trends and developments. Um, this week, we will be diving into the topic of anti-money laundering, um, which is according to the United Nations, there are between $800 billion and $2 trillion laundered per year, which is about 2 to 5% of the global GDP. Um, so it's a serious problem and mainly used for things such as terrorist and proliferation financing, which is as much as the transfer and export of nuclear, chemical, or biological weapons. Um, I will be talking today to Tobias Schweiger, who is the CEO and co-founder of Hawk AI. Um, a bit on Tobias. So prior to co-founding Hawk AI with Wolfgang Berner in 2018, Tobias was the vice president of operations at ACI Worldwide's SaaS unit and before that CFO and COO at Payon uh, AG, which was sold to ACI for 200 million in 2015. Prior to that, he was a senior vice president of finance operations at Pro Siemens Sat 1 um, and project lead for at Roland Berger Strategy Consultants. He actually started his career in product management and engineering at mobile operator Telefonica O2. He's now 43 years old, Tyrolean, and holds an MBA from London Business School with a focus on finance and private equity. He also holds a diploma uh, in telecommunications engineering from the Salzburg University of Applied Sciences. He's married, has one son, and in his free time, he enjoys the mountains, kite surfing, and sailing in the Mediterranean. Tobias, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Great to have you. Hey, these are quite some significant amounts. This is serious statistics, I think, from the uh, United Nations, right? I would say so, yeah. I mean, clearly, uh, money laundering uh, is, is, is a topic uh, increasingly so publicly also noted as uh, an issue for society, and uh, that's one of the motivations, of course, for for us as technologists, so to say, to find solutions to that, yeah, huge problem. I was going to say, so that, that's basically where the idea to find how KI came from, yeah? Yeah, I think, I think, the, I think the numbers that you've mentioned certainly have, have one dimension, which is the amount of crime uh, happening in the world, uh, which is one part of the motivation for us. Uh, I think the other motivation, certainly as a business, is also um, the amounts of money spent on, in those processes, uh, the amounts of money that a bank or a payment institution would be spending on anti-money laundering processes is also very, very large. And that is the second motivation for us, of course, to optimize those processes and, and ultimately provide technology that you know, is up to the task of, of, of running the process efficiently. Fair enough. Yeah. Is, is it um, a problem that you've seen before in your previous roles, maybe as well with Payon and ACI, the clients that you dealt with? Yeah, I think I think certainly uh, to, to some degree. I mean, we, in, in in those environments in our previous lives, if you will, before before Hawkeye, and you've been you've been going through through those those stages uh, when you introduced me, right? Uh, at ACI at Payon, we had a lot to do with payments processing and and and, and e-commerce fraud prevention, which is you know, not so far, both from a technology standpoint, but also from a from a you know from from what the issue is really uh, standpoint, so to say. So yes, we've seen those things and. Uh, typically, especially in e-commerce, uh, quite often you've got you know fraud issues kind of lead into anti-money laundering issues, if you will. So yeah, it's not it's not an uncommon field for us. No, exactly. Yeah, because Hawk AI uh, specifically focuses on 
anti-money laundering, right? Fraud is a, is a bigger topic, I think, where you guys focus on anti-money laundering. Yeah, that's right. So we've, we found that this business really uh, very specifically focusing on anti-money laundering and even more specifically there in what's called the transaction monitoring and transaction screening environment. So when it's about monitoring transactions that are happening and uh, ideally making sense of those transactions, ideally pointing to suspicious transactions in the process. So that's what we uh, you know, set out to do basically with Hawk AI. Uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, uh, there are things that, you know, do overlap with fraud uh, prevention type of activities. But as I said, the business is, is primarily focused on anti-money laundering transaction monitoring. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something you do across the world or is there specific regions that you focus on? Uh, well, I mean, in ambition, certainly we are we are a global we are a global business. We, we have uh, offices and footprint at the moment in, in Europe as well as the United States. Um, uh, the next year will show, uh, you know, a, a number of uh, expansion um, activities, let's say, into other regions. Um, uh, but, but at the moment, it's it's Europe and the USA. Do you see then, so between Europe and the USA, do you see differences in anti-money laundering, their approach maybe, the way that uh, financial institutions are set up against it? Or is it fairly equal across the board? Or, yeah, do you see much differences there? Uh, it's, a good, it's a good question. Um, I think... I think there's a common denominator, right? Because I think that the way um, re regulation or governments are, are, are seeking to go after money launderers, so to say, uh, is, is ultimately influenced by global bodies like the FATF, Financial Action Task Force, which to some degree sets up rules that everyone wants to follow, right? So there's a common denominator. Uh, but then, of course, there is more regional uh, flavors, basically, uh, reflected by the way how you know re national regulators want to do do their business if you will right if you look at um, the German regulator Bafin of course they would have slightly different rules compared to what what FinCEN in the in the US might be doing and things like that so so there is there is nuances that are different uh, but I think in terms of applying technology and that's what we are about of course uh, the, the common denominators are are, are certainly, uh, the strongest and, and, and our technology is as such ready to be applied worldwide. All right. Okay. That makes sense. And what makes uh, the Hawk AI solution so unique? I mean, on team money laundering, like we said, there is a big problem. It's been around for many years, uh, decades, uh, if not longer. Um, what makes the solution so unique? I think I think there's I think there's two uh, headlines here uh, that that make make us different. I think the first one clearly is um, we believe that um, much like in core banking systems, also right, there is a there is an uh, in a strong a strong influence, you know, re regarding you know how to reinvent those systems so so they become cloud ready, cloud native even, and are much flexi much more flexible uh, in an effort to equip a bank to react to new demands in the market or new demands from regulation, right? So that's true in core banking in the back office of the bank. And it's just as true uh, for us. So, so clearly the first sort of, you know, differentiator for us is we are very, very flexible in terms of how we run our software. We are a cloud native uh, software stack, uh, which is, you know, one of the major differentiators versus anyone who's been around for the last 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and as such, we are much more modular. We can be, you know, up and running in weeks. Um, we've, been, we've been deploying, you know, with some of our customers really, Within four, four weeks, uh, that's you know unheard of, of course, in 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 the legacy world of the of these systems, right? So that's number one, um, being very flexible as a cloud stack, but also being able to deploy on premise if the customer wants it. Number two, I think, um, is is now 
uh, you know, being more uh, effective, if you will, in terms of how we run our tools and the modules that we offer. And uh, the keyword here for us is uh, to make it make it a very effective system by getting the balance right. And the balance right between applying rules, um, old school rules, so to say, that still are necessary uh, to reflect scenarios that one wants to monitor for for anti-money laundering, but get the balance right again with machine learning and artificial intelligence to really apply the modern technology to this field here, right? And that balance has to do with ultimately explaining very well how alerts come to uh, come to fruition, how suspicion is detected. And we believe that uh, we have a major differentiator in terms of how we explain these things based on that balance that we seem to be getting right every time we deploy our software. I'd leave it at that for now. <laughs> a, bit, a bit further diving into that then, how, how does solution work? Does it indeed monitor in real time? Do you receive data sets and then you analyze those in the back of, back of that build a model? Is it a combination of those or how does that work? Uh, it's real time or it can be. It's really down to the customer. So clearly we've built the system very very similar to how you would build an e-commerce fraud prevention system, so real time. So we are able to send back a stop flag, if you will, to stop a transaction, no matter what the type of alert was that's, um, that's in place, so to say. So yes, it's, it's fully real time. Uh, we prepare for that real time um, answer, so to say, by, by typically analyzing uh, historical transactions and historical case decisioning data. Uh, in an effort to, you know, equip our models to be, be very quick and, 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 uh, and, and respond, as I said, in real time. Makes sense. What is the biggest challenge, would you say, for a software provider um, such as you guys when dealing with anti-money laundering? Is there something, is there, I'm thinking of like the, the, the false negatives, the false positives, maybe the tactics of, of, of uh, anti-money launder, of money launder, sorry. Um, is there something that is the biggest challenge for a software provider like you to tackle in order to be sufficient or to be um, successful? Hmm, I think that I think the biggest challenge ultimately is um, to make sure that learning never stops. Uh, and when I say that, I mean I mean basically, you know, if you if you apply rules, it's a relatively static thing, right? You've set rules in place, and you monitor based on this uh, rule set, if you will. Uh, and you will find that over time, it's not sufficient to do that. That's why we've got machine learning in the equation with us. So now that never ending learning process is obviously much easier to understand when you apply machine learning, because there it is about retraining models regularly, right? In an effort to sort of, you know, get more and more precision into the system to point to suspicious behavior. Because certainly if COVID has shown one thing, uh, the behavior of criminals and the behavior of criminal transactions, if you will, you know, has changed drastically. Uh, simply because you know there has been uh, you know an uprise, if you will, of of, uh, of of electronic transactions in general or e-commerce, of course, underlying that trend. Um, all of that you can be you know much more much more reactive to by retraining models regularly and frequently, uh, and that I think is the learning process that we are certainly after with our technology. So it's uh, continuing to have the model kind of learn, which is similar to I guess again because you've done it a few times now, similar to e-com fraud, right? Yes, of course. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a there's a very fair comparison uh, uh, here. Uh, absolutely. So if, if there is a dynamic uh, that's changing, right? It may it be e-commerce fraud, may it be anti-money laundering, uh, or, or any anything of those of those things, right? I mean, the, the logic is always the same. The behavior will change. As a result, uh, you, you would want to be reacting to that change behavior, and how you do that is by retraining your models. Absolutely, yes. 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, money laundering typically goes through three stages. You have the placement. So when the money is introduced into the financial institution, the layering, which is sending the money through various financial transactions to typically change its form. Uh, and then you have the integration, which is when the money re-enters the financial system uh, in a more legitimate looking form. Where is your solution applied most? Is it in all of those three? Is it the one specific? I think it's in all of those three. It's it's very difficult to point to just like one of the three stages. The stages are, of course, correct as you've, uh, as you've laid them out here. Uh, I think maybe just for illustrative purposes for the listeners also, I think, I mean, the layering aspect is probably the most easy to, to grasp if you think about uh, you know, someone wanting to launder a large amount of money, uh, one aspect or one idea uh, to sort of get layering done, so to say, is, is by using uh, the so-called money mule scheme. So basically the idea of distributing uh, distributing that large amount of money over many, many, maybe hundreds or even thousands of accounts uh, in an effort to sort of kind of disguise the source of the, the funds. And then at some point, uh, you know, bring it all together before it's then used that money. Right. So, so that idea of, you know, distributing money across many accounts and with that typically many, many banks or payment institutions uh, is quite easy to grasp, we always think. And, and it's one of the major applications for our technologies of detect sort of that distribution of funds that, you know, you know is somehow fishy because otherwise uh, it wouldn't happen in normal life. Right. Um, uh, if I want to illustrate this a little bit further, you can think about a campus of a university campus, for example, where somebody would give students, like many students, money to just keep transferring that money onwards. And you could, of course, find that out by monitoring, you know, that specific account behavior specifically on each of the accounts, but more, more, more interestingly, so to say, by looking at all the accounts at once. Which brings me to one of my last differentiation aspects, which is what we do a lot about, which is trying to get you know insight from multiple institutions that we are serving, because that's you know where it really makes a difference. We've got a very good example in Holland, uh, which is called TMNL, uh, the idea of monitoring transactions jointly between even competing institutions. That's what I'm talking about here. So you mean because you have uh, different clients from different financial institutions, you can kind of cross-reference. Data. Yeah, you can cross-reference. Of course, you need to adhere to data protection legislation, so you wouldn't want to, you know, tell Bank A about a customer of Bank B or anything of that nature. But you can cross-reference. You can make sense of a trend of a dynamic uh, on 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 a somewhat aggregated level, uh, and by doing so, you can be much quicker and much more precise in pointing to the suspicion. Makes sense. And, and is it fair to say that money laundering is identified most by indeed the behavior of certain accounts? Yeah, you could you could say that, right? Because you, you, I mean, not only of course, but like if you if you think about it in, in in a payments or maybe a more retail type of type of sense, right? It is the deviation from normal behavior, right? If amounts or counterparties of transactions suddenly change, for example, uh, you know that's one 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 way of looking at it. You could point to that suspicion by basically monitoring, uh, you know, for normal behavior and pointing to uh, normal behavior that's deviating from the norm. That could be for a specific customer. It could also be for a segment of customers, of course. And what are then other ways of identifying it? If you say this is one of the most common one, but there's definitely others. What are the other ones? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things like um, uh, you know, in the more traditional sense of the the anti money laundering rule set, if you will, which have to do with uh, you know amounts or even round amounts is something that's monitored for or the idea of staying under specific thresholds. So let's say there's a threshold so, you know, of 10,000 euros to stay under that, uh, you know, let's buy by transferring money of 9,990, something like that. So simple things like that are still, you know, significantly playing a role also in this year. 
uh, just to give you a few more examples. Um, and there's, of course, uh, you know, many other uh, typologies like, like that. What, can you give us some examples of kind of money laundering techniques that you see most often today, maybe, maybe influenced by indeed the, the COVID situation? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's certainly a, a, a fair amount of um, money laundering overlapping with some fraudulent behavior when it comes uh, to sort of neo banks. You know, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, if you imagine for a second that it's much easier to open bank accounts with a with a bank that you don't have to actually go to physically, right? So you open that using, let's say, video ident, for example, in Germany or some other mechanics and mechanisms in in, in Europe. Uh, so there's a there's a there's a uh, I would say almost you know significant trend almost that there is people opening bank accounts for the sole purpose of maybe making one transaction so to to just forward money onwards if you will right and after that not use that account anymore or close it all together right so that's something that we see uh, for example um, we also see. Uh, different example this time, um, uh, things happening around marketplace e-commerce uh, quite a bit. So where maybe, uh, you know, consumers or looks like consumers, so to say, uh, would team up with merchants on a specific marketplace to kind of buy goods that may, might not actually be bought uh, for the purpose of cleaning money uh, or laundering money on the way. Those kind of things, you know, play quite a bit of role also in what we see. Uh, and that extends into, you know, you know, food delivery or, or Uber uh, rideshare type of environments as well. So neobanks, marketplace e-commerce, what about the crypto exchanges? Um, I mean, crypto exchanges, I think, is, 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 is interesting for us in a specific ex- um, um, aspect where, where the crypto exchange would be our customer. For the most part, actually, we would be asked to monitor incoming and outcoming fiat currency transactions. So euros mm-hmm. or dollars coming in or leaving the exchange. Uh, we don't do as much in, 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 in actually monitoring specific uh, crypto uh, you know, transactions in the chain. That's not our specialty. There are other players doing that. Makes sense. Do, do you monitor as well, or can you give insights as to where money laundering is happening the most or where it most comes from in the world? Um, where it most comes from in the world, that's a, that's a, different, uh, that's a difficult question. Um, I, I mean, I think there is certainly, um, there are lists, right? There are lists of sanctioned mm-hmm. uh, uh, c- countries even by, by, by governments and um, and and they they have they may have to do with with, with you know where the where the money is, is 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 coming from for the most part if you will, but I would say that, and you can see how I'm reacting to this. I think it's a global problem, right? So it's not it's not like there's a few bad guys in specific countries somehow, and everyone else is kind of clean. Uh, you can see that uh, that um, you know criminals certainly also use you know you know appearing to be clean Western countries quite significantly actually. To sort of launder their money, because part of laundering money is to be associated with banks or using banks in legislations that are in Western, you know, appearingly clean countries. Let's say, right? So that's why I think there is no such thing like you know a list of bad guys and the rest is of, is okay. So I think we need to treat this as a very global problem, uh, and I believe that specifically some of the European countries, you know, play a significant role. Uh, in, in, in upping their game, if you will, as they apply more technology and as they're, you know, get their processes right in fighting money laundering. So I think I, I wouldn't want to point to anyone specifically here, but, but I think the trend is global. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you see a lot of gaps in the European, let's focus on Europe. So within the European financial institutions, the way that they try to prevent or fight uh, money laundering, do you see a lot of gaps there still? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the, looking at the numbers that you that you cited at the very beginning of, of of your of your intro here, right? I mean, I think it'd be fair to say we, we haven't gotten it right yet, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's it's still happening so much. Um, I think that's that's as European as it is global, right? Um, I think also that there are. I mean, I think there's good improvement to be seen here and there. I think uh, in general, I think everyone's you know doing good work, upgrading the processes and establishing more controls here and there. But of course, with these things, more could be done, right? More could always be done. And I think that one point that I would be making here is that um, the, the application of technology, and that's, by the way, the reason for us having funded this business, right? The application of modern technology um, in this specific field seems to be lagging quite dramatically, let's say, right? Even if you compare it to e-commerce fraud prevention, allowing artificial intelligence, accepting cloud-based technologies and all these kind of things, are really at the very beginning of this uh, development here. Uh, and there is so much to be learned from you know, other industries. And I'm hoping that learning effect is going to accelerate because we certainly believe that it will make a significant difference in actually fighting the crime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Hawk AI, the solution comes in or analyzes transaction and sees if there's money laundering going on. Is there specific things that need to be done in order to maybe prevent uh, money laundering in the first place? Well, I mean, of course, it, it, that would be a very general answer now, but I mean, money laundering only happens if somebody makes money based on a crime, yeah. right? Because that's what it's about. You make money that you, well, you, sh you shouldn't legally be making, so to say, and now you need to kind of launder it to be, to be able to use it more widely, right? So that's, that's that. So in the most general sense, you know, if, if there was more, you know, if there was more, you know, crime fighting uh, initially, there would be less money laundering in the in the second step but that's a little bit of a that's a very wide answer i'm not sure if you wanted to wanted to go there <laughs> <laughs> but i guess maybe more related to so when uh, you talk about new banks for example right it's easy to open up uh, accounts so i guess that starts a lot with has a lot to do with kyc then is that something that needs to be applied more and better in order to maybe minimize uh, aml or sorry ml yeah. Absolutely. So, so the KYC part is is the is our is almost like our sister, right? So, we, we, if we are the transaction monitoring people, so to say, other innovators certainly in the space have been have been making good progress. I think in 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 automating and improving KYC processes. So, basically, making sure that the customer that a bank or a payment institution is signing up, making sure that that customer is legit, so to say, right? So, I think I think you're right. But that's the other part of the money laundering uh, anti money laundering equation, if you will. Um, admittedly, I think, you know, maybe a little bit more progressed, uh, although um, I would make the point that, you know, because it's so different, even in Europe, from country to country, it could do with some improvement and some standardization. I think that's probably what you're driving at here. Um, so certainly on a consumer side, um, there is there is room for improvement, but also in, when it comes to uh, KYC businesses uh, and identifying the ultimate beneficial owners of those businesses, that's not always very easy. Uh, and if that's what you're asking, I believe that there is more to be done uh, in also supporting these processes in financial institutions. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I mean, KYC is just an uh, example or indeed part of the equation. So uh, I was curious to hear your, uh, your thoughts on that, because I think the probably the optimal situation uh, would be to have no money laundering at all. You kind of answered that, but is that realistic at all? I mean, I don't know. I think as long as there will be money made from crimes, there will be money laundering, I think, right? So it's kind of like pointing back to my original wide answer. <laughs> like, 
It's like, would we all want that? I think we would, right? Uh, I would very much want, you know, that. Uh, but, but you know, will, will this happen anytime soon? We will see, right? Um, so that would be my that would be my be my answer. I think all we can do here is, I think, making sure that because uh, it's a bi-directional thing here, of course, right? If it's more difficult to loan the money, right? Uh, of course, that pushes back on actually making money criminally, right? Yeah, you can get it get it to get it to any use anymore, or not easy anyway. Uh, you know, you would, we would, you know, the criminal might think twice of, of make, maybe even committing the crime. But we are like, you know, we are like <laughs> high up in the clouds at this point now here. But I, yeah. I certainly would think that that helping helping governments using technology and helping banks or financial institutions using technology to get much better in reducing uh, reducing uh, money laundering to a, to a, a you know much lower level will have an effect on how easy it is to bring criminal proceeds back into the into the normal use of money yeah yeah exactly yeah no it's clearly a significant uh, problem money laundering that isn't um, the the solution that you have built uh, with the team um has a, a clear impact on um you just gave some insights on the way that uh, we fight money laundering um, and i think also investors have seen that because you guys have last june i think raised your series a yeah, that's right. Uh, we raised we raised uh, we raised a Series A uh, from from Blackfin Capitals, uh, a French fund, and uh, and uh, and uh, Picos Capital here in Germany. Um, that was a, that was the round. Yes, it's very exciting. What are you going to do? What are the future plans? Um, I would say uh, not surprisingly, I would think you know build out build our build out our footprint. We talked about this before, right? So I think there will be more. Uh, investment uh, going into the product uh, will be more investment going into how we go to market in, in multiple uh, geographies. Um, that's that's ultimately what the what the money is for. Um, uh, you know, like like it mostly is for any startup our stage. Yeah, exactly. Expansion and um, have it be applied more by more financial institutions. Yes, absolutely. So exactly, I think there's also an element of. Uh, you know, basically growing up, of course, uh, you know, working with much larger institutions, multinational banks, uh, and those kind of uh, those kind of customers. You know, as you as you show that the technology is working and the technology is mature as as ours now is, uh, I think you 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 do see more traction also with larger financial institutions, and that's what the journey will be about the next year or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not very exciting. If people want to follow that journey, if people want to find out more, where should they go? I mean, I go to a web page which we just uh, relaunched. I think uh, three or four days ago now. So it's 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 hot uh, off the press, so to say. So that would be www.hawk.ai. I think that's the best way. Uh, that's the best way uh, to kind of follow us, and of course on on LinkedIn, uh, just search for Hawk AI. Uh, you'll you'll find us right there as well. Great. All right. Okay. Now, well, thanks, uh, Tobias, for being on the show and for sharing your insights. Uh, it's been very uh, exciting. Oh, likewise. Thanks for your questions and uh, give me the chance to uh, tell our story. Thanks, everyone, also for uh, listening and tuning in to another episode of In Check with Fintech. Uh, don't forget to tune in again next week for a new show. And thanks, everyone, for listening and tuning in to another episode of In Check with Fintech, organized by PCN. Uh, don't forget to tune in again next week for another episode um, of the podcast and hope to hear you then. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, and we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from a partner, Free a Girl, who are dedicated to founding child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Evelyn, CEO and founder of Free a Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online 
forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freeagirl.com for more information. Thank you.